Welcome to the Advent Sermons and Conversations podcast. This will be the Conversations half. We will be talking about what to do after the call. I'm Deanne. I'm Kevin. We pass the peace in worship all the time, but why? What, what does it mean? It, we do it so much, it almost becomes this mindless routine. Mm-hmm. We're going to get to that in a bit in today's sermon, but first... But first, we're going to talk about women. <laughs> women. Yes. Yeah, they're very important in today's gospel reading and in today's sermon. And in last week's. Uh, if you listened to last week's conversation, we were talking about how women were the first ones to witness the resurrection and the empty tomb. Uh, and one thing that happens in between that and this gospel reading where Jesus comes to the disciples is the women tell the disciples that they saw Jesus, but the disciples are don't necessarily believe them. And partly that's because of the cultural values at the time where women were literally not allowed to testify in court because their testimony was essentially worthless. Women were not allowed to testify in court at all. As far as I know, yes. Or if they did testify, it would just, or the reason why they weren't allowed was just because no weight would be put on that testimony. And yet, it's not the doubting disciples that we talk about, it's the doubting Thomas, because in this passage, uh, Jesus comes to all the disciples except Thomas, and then comes back a week later when all the disciples are gathered with Thomas. Yeah, we single out Thomas as the the doubter, but all all of them were doubters not too long ago. Yeah. Yeah, that's absolutely true. How How uncanny that we do that. And yet, especially with the Me Too movement, the same thing is happening now. And especially before the Me Too movement happened, people would so often and so easily dismiss women's accusations of sexual harassment or sexual assault that they were receiving from men. Yeah. Dismissed. Discredited. Mm -hmm. Disempowered. Disallot of things. Yeah. And I mean, there would be like, some of the cases, especially some of the older ones, they would literally have like 30 women who were telling the exact same story, and yet they were still getting branded with the, oh, they just want attention, or they just want to bring this guy down. So it's a it's an instance that objectively has a lot of credibility. Yeah. Yeah. And yet still is being discre- was being discredited. Is. Still kind of is. Yeah. yeah. Is. It's it's definitely shifted, and it's there's more of a push to believe the women, but there's still if we've had a belief for two thousand years that women's voices and women's stories aren't important, a couple months won't necessarily change that. And I feel we still need to be aware of when is that still happening because this happens not just on like the major celebrity level, but also like people reporting sexual assault to the police or. All that kind of thing, where on just like a community level. Yeah, and interpersonal, Mm -hmm. even. And yet, Jesus appears to women first. Yeah. I can't believe that's an accident. No. And I mean, it just falls in line with so much of all the other gospels. The stone that was thrown away by the mason will become the cornerstone. Mm. So, like. Yeah, that's a great way to put it. Where's that from? Again, by the way, I'm. 
Literally in Psalm 118, the stone the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. The Lord has done this, and it is marvelous in our eyes. The Lord has done this in this day, and let us rejoice today and be glad. Amen. I see that throughout the gospel. You know, Mm -hmm. Jesus is all about reaching out to and lifting up all these people who, who have been pushed to the fringes in the society in which Jesus entered. Yeah, and I mean, just look at how Jesus entered. Like, Jesus was born into, like, a working-class family. He was not born to one of the Pharisees or born into high society. Yeah, or to a, to, you know, to a human civilization king, you know? Mm-hmm. You know, so, mu- so much of the Gospels is, like, these kind of, these, like, seemingly abstract parables and stuff. But if you really just look at the story for what it is, they're such just, like, clear messages i take away these these clear messages and what happens about like this is what god is saying Mm -hmm. in this in this story in this event and how we're how we're called to live and i think that's the challenge is like it can be clear literally like give up all your possessions and follow the lord but just because it's clear doesn't mean it's easy Mm -hmm. yeah Absolutely. And that was, so that was another part of today's sermon is starting to work our way back to the idea of peace. Another idea of that is the, that, you know, throughout history, throughout our culture today, many people find, have found and find security in wealth mm-hmm. and financial stability. And the gospel very counterintuitively to that, you know, calls us to give up our things and place, place our trust in God instead of a, uh, you know, a hefty hedge fund, you know? Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, the, the scripture doesn't really mince words on that. And yeah, I think we are tempted to dilute it or try and interpret it another way in order to uh, make it easier to interface with the consumer lifestyle and society that we live in. Mm-hmm. It's a tough one. Yeah, that reminds me of one of my grandfather's favorite passages, which is Matthew six twenty five. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any one of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? I love that one. Yeah. Right, that passage. But at the same time, I hear that and the the cynic in me is like, well, what about the people in the world that are actually dying of starvation? It would almost seem insensitive to present that scripture to them in a moment of like, I need food now or I'm going to die. Mm-hmm. And I do struggle to reconcile those those two things do you have any brilliant thoughts about that no that definitely that is a struggle and it that that brings me back to the to the sermon and one thing he was talking about was this broken world is easter didn't fix everything easter didn't say everything is new and right and justice rules it's it's the world is still broken and the peace we're given is to help us give strength to go into that world that's still broken. Yeah. In fact, immediately right after the resurrection, you know, Ross pointed out we're met by, the disciples are met by doubt and uncertainty 
and fear. Mm-hmm. Fear of also being persecuted by the Roman Empire, by the Pharisees, you know, uncertainty and doubt about what's going to happen next. And when Jesus appears, uncertainty and doubt about what the heck is happening, you know, with mm-hmm. that. Uh, so even though this amazing thing has happened, like the world wastes no time just being the same confusing world that we still know today. Yeah, and like they were rightfully afraid because they were, Jesus was crucified for a reason and to be made an example of as an effort to tamp down the movement, to kill the movement. And so then the uh, the disciples knew that if they continue with Jesus's and God's work, that they were going, they might face the same fate. And some of them did. Yeah. Yeah. Which is that using authority through fear is something we we still see today and still see in the modern world. Yeah. A, a political authority, yeah, it's changed some, but but not a ton. I wonder, many of us can probably think of ways in which challenging authority in our lives, whether it's in our own communities or on a larger scale, is is scary. And especially if you had to be the one that was sticking your neck out and being the spokesperson mm-hmm. that stands out, you know, it put, can put yourself at risk. Martin Luther King Jr. is an example that always comes to mind. Just an, an easy one. But there, you know, I there are so many others, so many others. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, we know... We still know this this reality today, and so if the so if the world is still like that, you know, what, then what what does the resurrection do? What does it mean? And <laughs> for those of you who can't see, Deanne gave me a face like, "Are you asking me?" <laughs> One of the theological questions I feel like we've been pondering for centuries. Yeah. Is yeah. I guess it kind of comes down to the same thing that Jesus did with the disciples of like, Jesus gave them peace, but Jesus didn't give them security or safety or a promise that everything would just be fine if they just believed in him. Yeah, but it's not like a free ticket to endless joy, happiness, and comfort. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and I feel like that's in a way dangerous or untrue if we present it in that way that says like oh just say this creed follow jesus say the sinner's prayer whatever you're good feel good christianity yeah it's where it's like conversion isn't the end like when you say i i am a christian that's not the like ending point that's the starting point yeah absolutely it's the the starting point of, and there's work to be done. Mm-hmm. There's action to be taking taken when you when you claim that identity. Yeah, and uh, also you know that the idea that I think it has been around in some church movements and still today that of this like believe in believe in Jesus and everything will suddenly be okay. It, it reminds me of that criticism of the church, you know, being called the opiate of the masses. And, um, you know, a way of distancing yourself from the world, mm-hmm. a way of detachment, a way of either saying, like, because I believe in this thing, I have joy, I'm happy, I'm good, 
and that's it. Mm-hmm. You know, or none of this, you know, the that belief that like this is all messed up, but none of it matters because I'm a Christian and I'm like going to heaven after. And both of those views within the Christian commu- community that exists today and has existed are like are very problematic for me personally. I should write about this in one of my songs where I like I compare a a version of religion that exists to the same kind of escapism as like as watching TV or or playing video games or like anything like that. It's like religion can be used as escapism from the world as it is when what I hear in the gospel and our Lutheran the way our Lutheran faith interprets it is that is quite the opposite that God is calling us to see the world to go out to the people who have been excluded to go out into the brokenness and to bring peace and bring love into those spaces. And I think that that's what to me that was what the heart of what was in the sermon today that resonated with me. That like we're not just we're given peace not security or comfort and and we are called to bring that peace into the world into spaces where that need it. Mhm. And that's one thing that I w- really liked about this sermon. I thought was really powerful. What was it just so well encapsulated so much of what advent is about and so much that we keep talking about and keep yeah. reiterating. Yeah, absolutely. Um which I think I think is good cuz I think it can take some time for us to internalize these lessons and mm-hmm. internalize just kind of like keep keep redirecting because it's like keep training ourselves to not just go on the easy path yeah but stay focused and committed yeah i agree and it's you know within this even the span of a week it's so easy to get distracted like oh what about over there and then, you know, you kind of, I think we need that reminder, which circles back to how we open this conversation with routines like passing the peace or saying, you know, saying peace be with you or at the end of worship, you know, saying the peace of God that passes all understanding, be with you all. We do these things every week. Peace is clearly a central part of what we do. And yet be, it can get repeated so much that we need that like reminder and wake up call of okay but what is that all about what does that mean Mm -hmm. and yeah i think i think ross brought a lot of meaning to that today with the sermon and uh yeah i'm grateful for that ross is awesome (laughs) yeah um yeah and i think thinking about it and thinking about the sermon it made me realize how i feel like peace is one of those like under discussed buzzwords like i feel like lutherans talk about grace a lot Uh, you are right (laughs) and of course like the love of god gets talked about a lot but this idea of peace and what does peace mean and what does peace not mean was really powerful and i think i'll keep I'll, i'll keep it for for a while forward of just coming back to this and thinking about it and like what does that mean for my faith Yeah, that's what I'm bringing into this week is, you know, what does peace mean? What does it mean to have that peace? And also, where can I bring it this week? Where can I bring that peace to? Who can I bring that peace to? That that is my goal for this week. And you know what? To all you listeners out there, 
I, I would encourage you to think about where, where's a place you can bring God's peace um, so that it's not a passive peace that we are receiving, ooh, lucky us, but something that we are actively bringing into a still broken and confusing world. And you expect me to chop that? <laughs> or not exactly chop <laughs> that, but like, how am I supposed to you follow that? You know what's top it? I don't know. I'm just talking. You got this, Deanne. Uh, you say so many good things, so many smart things. You do as well. And even if you don't, who cares? It's, it's all, it's all honest. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, I feel like it is. I, I think that's that's one good thing about this, and one thing people have. We've brought in the people we have had on, have yeah. brought honest honesty and vulnerability to this. They have, and I'm so, I don't even know if we're bringing this in or not, but like I'm, I'm so grateful for the people that we've had on so far because of how honest they are and also how insightful they are. <laughs> like mm-hmm. I've, the way some of our guests have responded to my questions and wonderings are like, oh, yeah, you're... <laughs> you really like your your faith is amazing <laughs> like and then your knowledge and insight is amazing it's been really cool definitely anything to add you're going to give away all your stuff this week <laughs> top it. i guess i'm coming back to the the disciples in that room and it's like when am i in that room and afraid of authority and when can I, how can I better, when I'm there, remember God's peace and use that to give me strength to go forward and need, and do what I need to do? To walk out that door. Yeah. So That's fantastic. <laughs> Thanks, Deanne. Thank you. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to use that one, too. Right? <laughs> like, everything everybody says, I'm like, ooh, that's really smart. <laughs> me, too. Yeah. Um, yeah, just thinking about, I feel like this is, especially the definition of peace is one of those things that's going to stick with me, similar to, I think it was, it was like right after I came, Pastor Danielle did a sermon on um, love and truth, hmm. and you can't have one without the other, or what does love hmm. without truth look like, and what does truth without love look I like? I remember that one, yeah. Uh, that was real good. Oof, <sighs> Oof. yeah. That was that was something. So I feel like this definition of peace, but peace doesn't mean security or safety, will will just really stick with me. Amen. Okay. Peace be with you, listeners out there. <laughs> and also with you. Thank you for listening. You can find us online at adventnyc.org. Our services are 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. in English and 12.30 in Spanish at 93rd and Broadway. <laughs> yeah. Please include that.